0: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Isha Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. This week's show, not directly from guard duty, but rather back uh, here on uh, my couch, our couch, uh, here in beautiful Judea, Israel, and I am reunited with the one and only Maka Fleischer. Yay. Shalom and welcome. And welcome. Back to the couch. Thank you very much, and I'm on a, a little break from uh, the army, actually going to go back in a few hours. Uh, and uh, got got a chance to come home, sleep a little bit, relax, uh, and eat a little bit of maki food. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Because food in the army is weird, uh, and I haven't been they eating. They do a too pretty much. good job
1: here, though, right? Um, like it's not like cans, cano beans. Like they make you food.
0: Last night they sent uh, those tin foil things, and it had Maga- uh, um, uh hamgashit, hamgashit, and and I, it was like of. Uh, of uh shawarma type meat mm-hmm. I, I didn't i didn't have anything
1: well you were having a tummy ache
0: i was having a tummy There's a ache. lot of
1: sicknesses going around right now
0: yeah 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 and our and our i think it's a few things one of our one of our uh beloved uh show producers Yocheved, yeah it got some serious covid it's so sad so we gotta uh, pray for
1: i think that people are so emotional yeah. these days and so like you know, dealing with this situation that their little immune systems are not doing very well. It could
0: be that. It could be that. Uh, there was the son of Rav, uh, Rav Madan uh, from from the Gush here who lost both of his legs in an explosion uh, that wow. that killed a few of his buddies as well in Gaza. Wow. And he just got out. Wow, and he's smiling, beaming, beaming, smiling wow, face. Wow, wow. You could see his legs are cut off above right. the knee. And he's just beaming with, with like light and joy. I was, I was, I had to like, I had to look away. It was like, so it was so strong. His, 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 his joy at having survived. And like, you could see the whole hospital staff was around. Right.
1: They all came out to like wave him, wave him. Right.
0: And he's going to be back there, you know, and they say, he's going
1: to have oodles and oodles of physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, wow. But uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of heroism. There's a lot of strength. There's a lot of troops that are now battle ready. Much right. more, I think. In, in general, Israel's is much more battle ready. In general, from the air force down to the grunts, uh, to the tanks, including and the, inter- the artillery, I would say definitely, definitely. We're definitely bat- much more battle hardened than we've been three months ago.
1: Thousands of people have gotten gun licenses.
0: Yeah, that's right, that's right, and uh, and just we're more we're more aggressive, uh, and you could just feel it. Um, interesting, right now I just I just got an article just a few minutes ago uh, that Israel is in negotiation. With the Congo, and with other uh, uh, countries, to here, here's here's the article: Israel in talks with Congo mm-hmm. and other countries on Gaza's so-called voluntary migration plan. Senior officials says Jerusalem working on post-war resettlement of Palestinians, uh, and uh, that that's Israeli Arabs, uh, Arabs living in Israel, more correctly, from the Strip. The reason I, I make this caveat is because. Uh, my good friend Ari Abramowitz called me and he was giving me a hard time yeah. for using the term Palestinians so flippantly as though I was justifying the uh, the very idea that there's a, some kind of peoplehood here. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I said to him, well, I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying that the word Palestinians to me is like a team. It's like a team, like, like, like followers. Like followers. 49ers. Right. They're like followers of, in Israel, like when you're a follower of the Beitar team, you're a Beitari, you know? Uh, but he said that that's not important because, because it, it, it throws people off. People start to believe that there is really this peoplehood right. called the Palestinians. And, and there really isn't. But there is a group today that identify as such that is important. Right. Uh, but in any case, uh, so uh, senior officials says Jerusalem working on post-war resettlement of Arabs living in Israel, in, in Gaza, mm-hmm. from the Strip. Some ministers tout Saudi Arabia as, as destination for Gazans seeking construction work. So uh, there's definitely a realization. There is some movement in the ether of thinking in Israel uh, that is starting to think about uh, the twin, there's actually three realities that are tied into one another. One, Gazan's leaving and helping them leave, including creating student visas and other ways for them to emigrate out mm-hmm. so we call that voluntary emigration and then there's the question of um uh, there's the question of workforce if we're dealing not just with Gazan Arabs but with Judean Samaria Arabs we have to create an alternative workforce because they are a powerful workforce here in Israel i'm especially i'm especially tired of arab bus drivers i'll be honest because some of them are just on the wrong side of the issues. They're from like East Jerusalem and stuff, and they're pro Hamas, and they're driving our, our kids' buses, you know, the, the, the public buses. That really drives me crazy. So the, so the second issue is replacement work for Arabs here in Israel. In order to also create voluntary immigration. Some because people
1: could say that you sound pretty racist right now, Ishay.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to sound racist. I'm talking about people who are, and I said this, I said this. people who are, we know that 75% of judean Samaria Arabs are pro-October 7th. Right. We know, and that if
1: Hamas were, if they were to have elections tomorrow in the Palestinian Authority, that Hamas would be elected by a landslide.
0: And same for East Jerusalem Arabs who are Israeli Arabs.
1: Right. Unfortunately, it was not the case- that a bunch of uh, community leaders came either publicly or privately to uh, leaders of the Jewish community and said, listen, we don't want any part of this. We're right. embarrassed by it or or, you know, this is not the way forward. Nothing like that.
0: Right. And you so know, there
1: are individuals, of course, they're individuals. Uh, but as a whole, the communities are not doing that.
0: Right. And, you know, I'm going to play a little segment from Bridget Gabrielle in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about that, how she talks about how a very small percentage of the Arab world is jihadist. Uh, the Muslim world is jihadist, but that's like hundreds of millions of people. Right. Anyway, so uh, and, and 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 a lot of them are here in in our our area right here. So, so and then there's a third issue, which is the reset, the Jewish resettlement of Gaza. That's like a third issue. It's it's they're, they're, it's really a triad.
1: Wait. So what are the three issues?
0: Voluntary emigration. Yes replacement of the workforce and uh returning to gaza as 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 a right. jewish taking, presence
1: taking responsibility for that area
0: well that the way you said that now could mean different things and that's a, that, you said it good but it could mean either military presence there or a more robust, which is beginning of a jewish presence there i mean a community presence there so th- this, that's actually, that, that's why all these three are three different things. One is, how are we helping them leave? Well, I, I mean,
1: t- talking about helping them leave, Ishai, is like its own massive, massive topic. Exactly. You know, a lot of people, they would hear you t- hear talk about having them leave, and they would just be like, oh my God, you're like ethnically cleansing people. This was your whole plan from the very, very beginning was to ethnically cleanse populations out of here. Um what we have to, that?
0: we have to, we have to ideologically cleanse. We have to get rid of jihadism. It's not an ethnic cleansing. It just happens to be that an ethnicity is afflicted with this way of thinking. Uh, jihadism, just like Nazism, afflicted Germans. Right. Okay? Uh, so yeah, you have a you have a war with Germany, um, but you're trying to root out Nazism. Right. Thing. And
1: I want to add that right now the conversation is about. This is something that I find fascinating. The conversation about, what do you call it, voluntary, what's the second word? Resettlement. R- voluntary resettlement. Voluntary resettlement. Mm-hmm. Or, or becoming a refugee. Mm-hmm. Leaving, right? Leaving Gaza. I have this conversation with people a lot on Twitter. That's my preferred social media platform. And so people will talk about like the horrible conditions in Gaza. And so then a person like me will say, why is it that Egypt has not opened the border and allowed people to come in as refugees to to save them from this circumstance? Obviously, you know, all of us see the pictures from the war right? Like nobody thinks that it's like beautiful. No one like cannot get their eyes filled enough with the horrible tragedies of war. Everyone looks at it and says this is terrible. This is a terrible situation. And, and I, I'll, t- I'll talk for myself now. Like I see pictures of people in the hospital and I feel sad. I'm like this is sad. I don't I'm not like I'm not like yeah get them. I mean I think that we have to destroy terrorism and we have to be ruthless about it. But like I'm not pleased by pictures of of hurt people. Right. So I think to myself, like, why isn't someone doing something for these people? Now, the people who should be doing something for these people is not us, right? We are the people who are at war right now. We are the people who are trying to root out forever the threat against the Jewish people here in this area. Right. Root it out forever. But there are people around the world who really ostensibly or at least verbally support the Gazans. They say this, is, you know, they, they, they advocate for them. So then you go, okay, like, I, I believe you, you know what I mean? You, you care about Gazan. So what are you going to do? Like, how can you help these people? What they need right now the most, if you look at the pyramid of a person's needs, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what they need right now is security. They need to get out of a war zone. So get them out of a war zone. I don't understand. Like, why can't you get them out? So then you'll talk about it on, on social media. You'll go, why isn't Egypt opening the border or why, you know, you live in Ireland? Like, why aren't you calling your representative and screaming and demanding emergency uh, asylum visas for these people? Why aren't you uh, insisting that the United Nations send planes, send, send boats, whatever it is that they got to do to like start putting women, children, elderly or whoever wants to get out of this place, put them on the travel mechanisms and get them out? And I'm not talking about ripping people screaming and crying out of their home that they're trying to hold on to with their claws. I'm talking about people who are like, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. Please put me on a plane and take me away. I want to go now. So why aren't the people who want help getting help?
0: Well, uh, the United States, here's Matthew Miller. Miller, okay? Yeah. He's uh, the Secretary of State Department spokesman. He writes... The United States rejects the inflammatory and irresponsible statements from Israeli ministers Smutrich and Benkvir. There should be no mass displacement of Palestinians from Gaza. What
1: what what's the what's the uh, context of that?
0: The context is what we talked about, which is what
1: the, the, What did they say?
0: They said voluntary resettlement. They said
1: people who want to leave should right. be helped to do so. Right people so, who want to leave should be helped that's to do right. so that's right and the rest of the world looks at that and goes and the, uh, this is what's shocking the rest of the world looks at that and goes no they shouldn't right these people should not be helped don't help them
0: well well no 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 come on. let's let's be fair what they're saying is they want to see they they want to see that they, they want to see a resettlement of the Jews they want to see no Jews and yes Palestine that's what they want so like to them this is the backwards thing I wrote I wrote to Matthew Miller I wrote the displacement has already happened. Hamas's war has caused it. It's a fact. It, it's, right. There's already a displacement. Right,
1: there are displaced people. Correct.
0: Now the big issue is creating a program of voluntary resettlement for suffering Gaza Arabs. That's what I wrote, uh, and I think that's right. Anyway, those those are the three the three issues about how to, how to deal with this population. One is voluntary resettlement. Two, an alternative workforce for Israel. And three, how do we govern Gaza, uh, one level or another? I am a maximalist in terms of, I believe, that Israel should be living in Gaza and we should return to our ancestral connection to Gaza. But there's different voices there in Israel which they say, some people say, no, just just a military control of the area.
1: I think I saw that uh, Professor Eugene Kantorovich uh, put out some article in the Wall Street Journal. I think yeah. he talks about that, his latest article. And I didn't get to read it yet, but I saw the headline, and it was it was saying that basically... Jewish settlement in Gaza would be the litmus test for determining if terrorist ideology had been removed from that place. If Jews can safely live here, then we know we have succeeded in destroying Hamas, basically. Right. Also, also like,
0: you're talking about America's concern or the, the, the administration's concern with displacement of people. Hamas has managed to displace Jews. We ethnically cleanse Jews from Gaza, and now they've managed to ethnically cleanse Jews from the around the Strip, and so that's what they're doing. It's it's basically like they're ethnically cleansing us, right?
1: And and let's lest we forget on October sixth, at five a.m. the biggest uh, topic at hand in Israel was judicial reform, right? And by seven a.m. it was. Gaza,
0: October seventh.
1: On October seventh, right. right? That's right. It was like we uh, we were put in this position. Wow.
0: you know, you know, Malka, you and I were just discussing policy just now, um, but like, how how amazing has been the change? in the last three months
1: it's just it's just really i can't believe it's been three months yeah, it's been three months i saw carolyn glick put this um she put up a, a meme on on twitter she was like how can it be i was very surprised to see that it was january 1st when for me like we're for in, in israel it's it's october 85th right it really feels like it's crazy how much time has passed
0: yeah yeah and we don't hear a lot more about the, about, the ref, about the abductees. We don't hear much about them right now. Um, Israel, though, no, according to foreign media, Israel struck uh, a, the number two of Hamas. His name is Aruri. Now, what, what people don't know is the word Arur means accursed. It's like a really bad word for accursed. So Aruri is like the accursed one like like like
1: after the after we read the Megillat Esther yeah we say like Baruch Mordechai HaYehudi, and then we we say I can't Blessed remember the but Arura, Arura, Arura Zeresh right, right. We, we Arura like, Haman, Zeresh, the, we, the wife of Haman is like accursed
0: Arura right? is like is like is like really it's it's accursed it's 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 a tough word and that's what this guy's name is like he's like a curse Aruri He's like the 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 uh, manifestation of the curse, and he was shot. Uh, now they're saying by a missile coming from a drone uh, in the Hezbollah neighborhood of Beirut, which is uh, which is very close to home to Hezbollah, and uh, foreign media is attributing it to Israel. Israel is not not taking it. Not denying it, but but also not taking credit for it. And um, this was a big signal. You know, Israel promised that they would do a, a manhunt uh, like they did after the Munich massacre, uh, that they would hunt down the perpetrators of, of this thing. And uh, th- this guy, Aruri, was also the uh, planner of the kidnapping of the three boys that led to Uh, That Gaza war,
1: right? Wow!
0: This guy's got tons. He's got at least they've at at least thirty Jewish deaths on his hands. At least,
1: at least. Not to mention this whole war in which. uh,
0: By the way, their best people, Hamas's best people, like Aruri and Sinwar, Mm -hmm. are fluent Hebrew readers and and very much follow Israeli media and Israeli politics, and identify moments of weakness. And they and all the analysis that I heard this morning, they're like saying like these guys they understood Israel. Uh, and and they and they followed. Right, its we media. were at a moment of weakness. Right, and and but and, they didn't know. And they struck. Yeah.
1: That that's not a like that. It was our moment of weakness inside, not outside. Meaning to say, like if you if you look at Israel today, it, again, if you would take a, a snapshot of Israel on October seventh at five a.m. Israel was a divided country. At 7 a.m., it was uh, as, almost as strong as it's ever been. Well,
0: you know, Malka, I, I, I think that you're partially right. I think that there's also some exaggeration there. I think that the... Uh, I, 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 I'm optimistic, but I, I also want to keep it, like, realistic, which is, like, um, there's still people who don't get it. There's still people who don't get it. And, uh, and, and, and I, I think that our, our military establishment has not totally understood how to, how to uh, have zero tolerance for jihadism in our land. Uh, and I, I still see a lot of bad policy that, uh, that, that is keeping us uh, weak. Um, in order to understand a little bit about what the Muslim world is, is really like, uh, here's a clip from uh, Brigitte Gabriel, uh, who is a great intellectual uh, she's a Christian Lebanese, I think. Uh, is that right? She's a Christian Lebanese uh, that has intimate understanding of, of Lebanon and, and this and this and the Islamic jihadist world, and uh, she had a few. Very important words to say uh, at a recent conference.
2: There are 1.2 billion Muslims in the world today. Of course not all of them are radicals. The majority of them are peaceful people. The radicals are estimated to be between 15 to 25 percent according to all intelligence services around the world. That leaves 75 percent of them peaceful people. But when you look at 15 to 25% of the world Muslim population, you're looking at 180 million to 300 million people dedicated to the destruction of Western civilization. That is as big of the United States. So why should we worry about the radicals, 15 to 25%? Because it is the radicals that kill. Because it is the radicals that behead and massacre. When you look throughout history, when you look at all the lessons of history, most Germans were peaceful. Yet the Nazis drove the agenda. And as a result, 60 million people died. Almost 14 million in concentration camps. 6 million were Jews. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. When you look at Russia, most Russians were peaceful as well. Yet the Russians were able to kill 20 million people. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. When you look at China, for example, most Chinese were peaceful as well. Yet the Chinese were able to kill 70 million people. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. On September 11th in the United States, we had 2.3 million Arab Muslims living in the United States. It took 19 hijackers, 19 radicals to bring America down to its knees, destroy the World Trade Center, attack the Pentagon, and and kill almost 3,000 Americans that day. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. So for all our powers of reasons and us talking about moderate and peaceful Muslims, I'm glad you're here. But where are the others speaking out? And since you are the only Muslim representative, Thank you. you. And since you're the only Muslim representative in here, you took the limelight instead of speaking about why our government, and I assume are you an American? you're an American citizen. So as an American citizen, you sat in this room and instead of standing up and saying a question or asking something about our four Americans that died and what our government is doing to correct the problem, you stood there to make a point about peaceful moderate Muslims. I wish you brought 10 with you to question about what, how we can hold our government responsible. It is time we take political correctness and throw it in the garbage where it belongs and start calling the <laughs>
0: That's the reality of, of the jihadist world around us. You know, Malka, um, we're also beginning a new Torah portion. Excuse me, we're beginning a new Torah book. The yeah. book of Exodus.
1: I have to say that putting away the book of Bereshit was a very emotional for me this year. And like hard for me. I, like, I closed the book and I like, I like hugged my little book in shul. And like held it to myself for like five minutes. There was something about going through the stories. And it seemed like every week the Torah portion has been so intertwined with our actual current reality. That it was like impossible to ignore. Saying goodbye to like the forefathers and putting them aside and going through the like really kvetchy muddy, arduous, long controversy of the Jewish story from enslavement to to the land of Israel. It felt like, honestly, it felt like I was a little nervous to get into the long schlag.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, like of, of the book of Shemot.
1: Right, of the book of Shemot. The of book where of Exodus. It, like, it gets dark and it gets hard and the Jewish people are kind of lose... Uh, well it L- get, it, lose it a little bit it
0: gets dark already from from when they start from the sale of of Joseph and then the torah kind of goes through a long period until until exodus until 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 the receive until the splitting of the red sea and the receiving of the torah at Sinai and then later then we have the the book of vayikra is like a break right the book of vayikra the, the book of leviticus is like a book of like okay it's laws because now it's the time to learn torah god's giving you right. the torah at Sinai get prepared. and then and then you're about to enter the land in the book of uh, and the Book of Numbers, the Book of Bamidbar, and then rejection, right. You know, and then a preparation with a new generation. And then the book of Dvarim is like all Jewish philosophy and and laws. and and, and kind of like it it kind of like it only is left to you as like about to happen. You know, right. my my good friend Zev has has such a great teaching. He says, you know, if you, you know Moses is coming to the edge of the land of Israel, and he doesn't get to go in. Like, what's that all about? That's like, that's, that's like you. you and God says, God, Zev says that God would say to, to Moses, look where you started your job. The Jews were enslaved. You were, you were outside of the whole thing. And then, and then well, look where you ended up on the edge of the land of Israel with the Torah, with the freed people. You did a lot, but you can't do it all. It's, it's all the next generation right. has to do it. He's like the same thing for King David's like, look where you started. The Jewish people were were, were, were were you know not a united tribe of people. They didn't have a capital in Jerusalem, and here you come, you become a king, you establish the Davidic monarchy. you, you bring the people together, okay, you you build up Jerusalem and okay, but you're not going to get to build a temple. That's leave that for the next generation. Right. you don't get to do you don't get to do everything. right. but it is kind anything. of a
1: relief that we're going to now be meeting Moshe and to like he's uh, he's the one who's ready to go. Through thick and thin with us, no matter what we look like, no matter what we act like. Right. And uh, he's ready to, to come and, and help us uh, get all the way to the promised land.
0: <clears throat> you know what else is in this week's Torah portion? Um, let's just talk about Moses for another second. There is the signs that God gives him. And I have a whole explanation about the signs that, that God gives Moses. But just one of the signs is that he says, take this cup of water and spill it on the ground that becomes blood. What what is that sign all about? What does that mean? Well, it means that the you know the Nile is going to turn to blood. What is why is does the Nile turn to blood? What what what's what does that sign mean? I actually have an explanation for that sign, which I think with which I think is uh, which I think makes sense, which is that the Nile is where they threw the Jewish babies, right? And yet the water like cleansed it. You know the 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 right, took them the away. Crocs ate the babies right, and, and, it the, all and the the water yeah, it disappeared. So therefore, the water was clear and it was okay. And so you'd think that like the water kind of erased the the murder and the death. And God's like, no.
1: Right. I'm going to pour it out. We'll g- see it all.
0: We'll see it all. Like it, nothing hides from me, and that that evil's not going to hide from me. And I think I think that's important about now as well, which is like. Gaza has turned to evil.
1: Right. But it has, be- right, it's Hamas. Hamas.
0: it has become an evil. It has become an evil. Right. And God is now saying it's time to purge.
1: Right. That Rip it out evil. of the ground.
0: Right. It's time to purge and cleanse that land and and, and and root out those tunnels and root out the people that are that are for that. And it's time to cleanse the land uh, from that evil. It has become an evil. Think of it in biblical terms. like a piece of land has become entrenched and just totally filled up with with evil above the ground, in the air, on the ground, and below the ground.
1: By yeah. the way, Isha, I just want to say regarding below the ground, there have been reports recently of these same tunnels now in Judea and Samaria. Have you seen these reports? I
0: have uh, some of them are accurate and some of them are a little hyped up, but but the bottom line is, look, it's they've learned that it's a it's a good technology. I don't wanna I, I even have some more information about where it's real and where it's not real. But like the the real truth is is that the enemy has identified that tunnel making is a great way to pass the time and you're gonna get funding for it and then you're gonna pop up right in the midst of the of, of, of Israel and you're gonna, you know, attack and kill Jews. So they're they're doing that. They're doing that where they can. Uh and, and we have to we have to we have to stop it. We have to we have to and not just stop the tunnels. you got to stop, not the tunnels. you got to stop it at the level of the eight-year-old child who's getting taught jihadism. Right. It's got to start there.
1: My understanding is That's that the, where the Palestinian Authority and Gaza use the same textbooks for children.
0: Absolutely. And today the, the, the Palestinian Authority is beginning payment for uh, uh, October 7th terrorists. No way. Yes. Yes, those captured by Israel. Still, there, they, they. It's today. It's Gosh, like, we can't
1: even stop that. It's
0: like Jan third or something, and it's like payday. Gewalt. You know, twenty twenty four. They, you know, the, you know, Mama needs a check. So you know they're getting paid two thousand shekel each uh, month. Not much. Okay, but it's it, it, but, but
1: it's still disgusting. It's a lot of money
0: for for it's them. It's a lot of money, for, for and they their, don't have taxes,
1: right? That's right,
0: and so and 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 uh, and more if you actually murdered and all kinds of stuff like that, you get bonuses. Wow! Uh, so that begins today. So that's that's pretty sick. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about this tour portion is um, the the holiday that you and I will establish one day, which is uh, this is this is Jewish Birth Week.
1: Yes. I love that idea.
0: This is Jewish mama's birth. This is, this is what it's about. I'm going to
1: put it in my calendar now for like a year from now, but like three months ahead, and we're going to we're going to start working on right this because this is the, this national is, holiday. That's Not right. like a you don't like say halal or anything. This no, is holiday, it's it's like a, a national, national holiday. national recognition.
0: It's to celebrate Jewish birth, Jewish midwives, the whole thing. Right, fertility Jewish, fertility uh,
1: system. Right. The whole thing.
0: The raising of the kids, the whole thing—like we got to have a week to celebrate the The Jewish Jewish mother, the Jewish, the Jewish birthing, the Jewish
1: midwife. People will love it.
0: We want to celebrate the 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 hospitals that do a great job at it. We want to celebrate great midwives. We want to celebrate great doulas. We want to celebrate, you know, technology. We want to celebrate the companies that make the good stuff for it. All the stuff, and of course, the Jewish mother herself. Uh, so so that's this week's Torah portion. I really I really think that that would take here. I really think that would take. And I think that they're just a week of recognition for, for that because this is a national mission. You know, people talk about Aliyah. Aliyah. Aliyah, best case scenario, is like 40,000 people a year. Great, amazing. But birth is like 150,000 people a year.
1: Right, a, that's how a, the Jews it, are coming into the land of Israel right, these days.
0: Right, right. It's coming in. In the, in, the, in the birth, in the, in the maternity wards. That's where it's happening. So I think, I think it needs celebration. I think we have a Torah portion that celebrates it because there's specific verses about the Jewish women giving birth and about these midwives, Shifra and Pua, who according to the Midrash were Jewish. According to other understandings, they were the non-Jewish, they were the non-Jewish Egyptian midwives who would not take part in the infanticide. Uh, and so that's, that's pretty cool as well. Uh, Malka, our own intrepid Ben Bresky uh, is very excited about something that our son Elazar is excited about. Yeah, what's that? Which is tzitzit tying. Ah. It's become like a thing where people tie tzitzit for soldiers and soldiers put it on uh, and uh, get closer to to Hashem's protection uh, and use this this war as there's no atheists in a foxhole and so that's why foxholes are sometimes good because it brings you out of atheism and into uh, and into faith. And so our son Elazar has been tying tzitzit, but since his youth, and here I have to mention my good friend, uh, my good friend, Mayor Eisenman, uh, who's a great tour guide, one of the best, especially for the ultra-Orthodox set. And what my good friend Mayor Eisenman taught me is that from a young age, whenever kids start putting on tzitzit, give them tchelet, which is the blue string, and, even though it's um, going to get
1: ripped and wrecked.
0: That's right. And even though it's quite a bit more expensive and harder to get, uh, but you can find a atekhele at T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T.com, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T.com. Uh, and so Elazar went to Dr. Baruch Sturman, who is, who is one of the founders of the uh Well, I
1: just want to, I want to just give a tiny tweak to what you're saying. Go ahead now. He didn't go to him. Go ahead. Now. This incredibly busy... Revolutionary person got a phone call from our son, a voicemail saying that he's interested in seat seat, and my and our son decides he wants to make money by tying seat seat. So can he get a job? Right, he's twelve. He wants a job tying seat seat. So this incredibly busy, respected person was like, "You and a friend come to my house, and we'll talk for like two hours." He took our son. And his friend and taught them all about tre taught them new two additional ways to tie there's multiple ways to tie that seat in many many ways I right, mean taught them two additional ways gave them um tzitzi, gave them like uh, fringes to practice on yeah it was really like yeah. I was so moved I guess I guess it
0: was a French meeting yeah it was a fringe, fringe group. group yeah French group I uh, was so
1: impressed. And and uh, with such a person that he would take time out for two young men, two little ga- little guys, and give them give them of his time and and invest in their enthusiasm. That's right. For and,
0: and so uh, our son Elazar, who just walked in the door as well, uh, so he's now practiced not only tzitzit tying but also in tying. And our own Ben Bresky, intrepid reporter at large, is at largeing out there. And he's got the story, I'm very excited about this, the story of Tchelet. Ben Bresky, take it away.
3: This is a moment in Jewish history. Tzitzit are the four tassels worn on a tarit as described in the Torah. Numbers chapter 15 states, you shall make for yourselves seat seat upon the corners of your clothes for generations, and on the seat seats give a string of blue, and you will see them and remember all the commandments of God. I decided to talk about the history and significance of seat seats because this week I spent an evening tying seat seats for soldiers as part of a special project. Kihilat Eretz Hemda, based in Jerusalem, has been donating supplies to Israel Defense Force soldiers. He also responded to a call for increased demand for tzitzit. A talit katan is traditionally worn all day on an undershirt-like garment with four corners. Due to the unprecedented request for tzitzit, I sat amid boxes of green Army Regulation Talit Katan shirts as volunteers tied strings in the traditional manner, the number of strings and knots corresponding to the 613 commandments in the Torah. The following is the story from the Yom Kippur War of 1973 when an IDF tank was hit by Egyptian forces. The group of about 40 soldiers hid, avoiding enemy fire. The following is an excerpt from the soldier. We were in the middle of the marshes. We heard tanks approaching. They were our tanks, but how could we identify ourselves before they opened fire on us? One of our guys had an idea. He took out his talit and ran toward the tanks, waving it. They did not open fire. They recognized the talit. This is what saved us from certain death. Theodore Herzl, the founder of the World Zionist Organization and visionary of the modern state of Israel, needed a flag for the future country he and his fellow Zionists envisioned. The following is from his colleague David Wolfson on the connection between the Israeli flag and the Talit. At the behest of our leader Herzl, I came to Basel to make preparations for the Zionist Congress. Among many other problems that occupied me then was one that contained something of the essence of the Jewish problem: What flag would we hang in the Congress Hall? Then an idea struck me: We have a flag, and it is blue and white, the talit (prayer shawl) with which we wrap ourselves when we pray; that is our symbol. Let us take this talit from its bag and unroll it before the eyes of Israel and the eyes of all nations. So I ordered a blue and white flag with a shield of David painted upon it. That is how the national flag that flew over Congress Hall came into being, and no one expressed any surprise or asked whence or how it came. Most seat strings are all white, but in modern times, the fringe of blue, techelet, as described in biblical days, has returned. Today, one can obtain two kinds, the Petir techelet and the rishiner techelet. The way it came to be rediscovered is a fascinating story. According to the Talmud, the color tehegat comes from a sea creature called the Higazon. The ancient Israelites were experts in coloring and dyeing cloth and had a special technique for this royal biblical blue. But after wars and persecutions, this was lost. In the late 19th century, the Hasidic Rebbe Rabbi Gershon Hanokh Leiner of Regine in what is today Poland believed that the Higazon was a type of squid known as the cuttlefish. This belief was shared by Yehuda Levison in his 19th century book, Talmudic Zoology. The Regina Rebbe traveled to Italy multiple times where he visited the aquarium in Naples, the largest in the world at the time. He concluded that the sepia, inky secretion of the cuttlefish, was tehet. While the ink is normally a dark brownish black, there is a process in which it turns blue. The Regina Rebbe authored three large volumes to support his thesis, stating that he had rediscovered the long-lost techelet and set up a factory where the dye was produced. Within two years, thousands of Regina Hasidim and Breslov Hasidim started wearing tzitzit with a fringe of blue. However, most of the Jewish world preferred to stick to the all-white kind. In 1913, Rabbi Isaac Herzog, later the chief rabbi of Ireland and chief rabbi of the State of Israel, wrote a doctoral dissertation on the study of techelet. He requested from the Reginer Hasidim information on their method and concluded that the Higa Zone was in fact the Mirak snail and not the cuttlefish. Nevertheless, Rabbi Herzog was responsible for saving their method after the Holocaust. But before we get into the story of Rabbi Herzog, a little about the Regina Hasidim, who still exists today. The Regina Rebbe of the 1930s and 40s was Rabbi Shmuel Shlomo Leiner, who was the grandson of the Regina Rebbe who reinstituted the wearing of Techeret. Two weeks before the outbreak of World War II, he closed his yeshiva and sent all his students home. The yeshiva was then used as a shelter for refugees. He tried to organize anti-Nazi teams and encouraged his fellow Jews to join the partisans, flee to the forests, and fight the Nazis. His students sent him money to emigrate, but he used the money to help bury Jews who he saw murdered and thrown from the trains, taking them to the concentration camps. Rabbi Leiner was murdered by the Nazis in 1942. His brother-in-law, Rabbi Avraham Yisachar Englard, became the new Rishiner Rebbe. He too fled to the forests, where he and his fellow Hasidim joined the partisans and fought the Nazis. He eventually moved to Israel, where he reestablished the Rishiner Hasidic movement, and once again began producing blue tehaled strings for tzitzit. This process may have been lost if not for the letters the Rishiner Hasidim had sent to Rabbi Herzog. While Rabbi Herzog did not believe they had the authentic Teheret, nevertheless he gave them the writings, allowing them to continue their tradition. Rabbi Herzog had studied the work of the French biologist Henri de Lacaze Dutier, who in 1858 discovered three mollusks in the Mediterranean that produced purple-blue dyes. As the story goes, during a scientific expedition, a fisherman told him that the dye of a snail could change color, and he smeared it on his shirt. Initially, it was yellow, but when exposed to the sunlight, it changed blue. Rabbi Herzog also believed that when the Talmud described what the hirazon looked like, it was describing a snail rather than a cuttlefish. Rabbi Isaac Herzog's son, Chaim Herzog, went on to become a major general in the Israel Defense Forces and later president. His son, Isaac Herzog, is today president of the State of Israel. In the 1960s, there was a renewed interest in Techelet, due in part to the discovery of a dyed wool fleece from the bar rebellion period. By the 1980s, several scientists were on the trail of the Techelet snail. Professor Otto Elsner of Schenkar College in Ramat Gan proved that when exposed to sunlight, the murex snail can be used to create blue dye. He published his findings in The Dyeing of the Murex Extract, An Unusual Dyeing Method of Wool to Biblical Sky Blue. Later, Rabbi Menachem Berstein published the works of Rabbi Isaac Herzog and concluded that the murex snail was the original Talmudic hilazon, Rabbi Eliyahu Tavger researched the snails along the beaches of Israel. Rabbi Tavger is the son of Benzion Tavger, a Russian scientist who immigrated to Israel and became instrumental in uncovering Jewish ruins in the city of Hebron. He often joined his father on the risky excavations. By 1988, Rabbi Tavger became the first Jewish person to wear what he called ptil tehelet. He, along with Rabbi Berstein and others, created the Petil Tehillat Foundation, which is today headquartered in Kephar Adumim and manufactures and distributes Tehillat strings around the world. Today, both kinds of Tehillat can be purchased in Jewish shops, online, and seen adorning Talit and Talit Katan. To close, I would like to share a story by the author Daniel Pinkwater, who, although secular, shows his appreciation for Jewish tradition in his short story, *Tales*. He describes his father, an immigrant from Poland, who used to attend a small Orthodox synagogue with other old Yiddish-speaking immigrant Jews like himself. He would often buy a loaf of ham after services, seeing no contradiction with eating non-kosher food and still going to synagogue every week. His grandson's bar mitzvah was being held at a large modern synagogue, and the rabbi, who prided himself on being contemporary, asked him not to wear a tallit for services because this was old-fashioned, antiquated Judaism and would embarrass people, especially any non-Jewish guests. The grandfather was so offended by the rabbi that even though he wasn't particularly religious himself, he went out and bought the largest talus he could find, came early with his son Daniel to synagogue the next morning, and sat in the front row. The following is from Daniel Pinkwater's audiobook. When we say we subscribe
1: to the faith of our fathers, we usually mean the father we knew. Also, there's a tendency for each generation to liberalize the belief. As the son of a ham-eating, iconoclastic, freestyle Jew, I was well on the way to becoming no Jew at all. What I was about to do was defy the obnoxious rabbi and support my father in a sentimental gesture. The talus had no particular meaning for me. And yet, when we gathered the fringes to our lips, kissing them as an expression of respect and love for God's commandments, When we stood and spread the ancient garments on our arms like birds drying their wings for a moment before enveloping ourselves in whiteness, it came to me strongly that this
3: precise activity had been carried on by people, by my forebears, for thousands of years. This has been a moment in Jewish history. Thank you to Yishai Fleischer. Thank you to all the listeners. And Shalom. Okay, Ben, thank you so much. Awesome story of
0: Tchelet. And there's a lot more to be told. It's an amazing story. You know, and that reminds me that our good friend, Josh Wander, is also now pushing a commandment that has been lost and is being re br- br- brought out just like Tchelet, and that is the silver trumpets. And he's been trumpeting. Chatzot's He's been trumpeting his silver trumpets uh, everywhere. He's been going to big rabbis. Get, he had these things produced, these silver trumpets. And and he's going around saying that when a time the Torah says in a time such as this in a time of of challenge when you when you when you need to call out to God you blow these silver trumpets and it's and he's been going around with with um, with these trumpets going to major rabbis he's got pictures with all the major rabbis and he's he's bringing that out and so that's very exciting if you want to hear more information about that. Uh, maybe maybe we'll try to get Josh on the show. Uh, Josh is also uh, uh, found Josh Wander W A N D E R. You can find him on social media as well. Uh, and and this leads me to one more thing. I am fascinated by war. That's, not not yeah. not by not by the uh, uh, you know he, not by I don't mean to say by the killing of one person to an, another. What I mean is it's amazing to me how many ripples. A war like this has, for example, the our son tying tzitzit and learning tchelet is a ripple of this war, and so is these uh, silver trumpets. That's just one of the ripples. That's have this so many effects and ripples, economically, scientifically, culturally, socially, politically. There's just so many ripples that come out of a thing like this i find that to be interesting it's like fascinating that's why i'm still fascinated by world war ii because it's amazing to me the things that change during a a war like this because life is like humdrum you know and bourgeois and things don't like change so much you keep doing you you know and and there's the, the great thing about regular life is actually the regularity of it the the what do you call it the consistency consistency there's another word the you know, the, the day-to-day actions that, that you take. And suddenly comes war. And just,
1: Regularity. Uh, routine. Routine.
0: And routine's great, you know, because routine is when you get things done. You Day-to-day, you, you knock on that hammer. You knock on that nail with that hammer and you get it done. But the war comes and, wow, like things just change. Thoughts change, understandings change, things change, money flow change, science changes, like things change. I'm just I'm just always fascinated by how many ripples there are, and I've seen I've seen unbelievable ripples, and I've seen so many ripples in my own life uh, change. Uh, and and one of the ripples, by the way, is that I'm back in the army suddenly. Like, yeah. how did that happen? I thought I was out of the out of the game. I thought I was out of the game. And uh, yesterday I was uh, practicing uh, M16 shooting, and I'm like, I'm back. Still got it. Yeah, still got it. Yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm 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 back and. And, and you know, and, and, and still be still am an active defender uh, of the state of Israel and the people of Israel. And that's just one example. That's just that's, again, there's many more like ripples and things uh, that happen on this social media changes, all kinds of changes. In any case, I'm sure that you out there are changed as well somehow by uh, all that's happened. I do want to thank the folks that make this show happen, our friends at jns.org and jewishpress.com, both websites that are doing so much better right now because of the war, and a lot of additional readers to them. So that's a change because of the war. Right. Um, our good friends at prohibitionpickle.co.il, they have changes because they're making food for wives of people that are that have they're, soldiers they're, in the army. helping
1: people sponsor meals for the families of soldiers. Right,
0: or sending food down or to, to soldiers. refugees. Right, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Okay, that's prohibitionpickle.co. Uh, dot il uh, and, then, um, and then we of course have our friends at Hebron uh, Hebron, the Jewish community of Hebron which is one of the places where they found this potential tunnel that's trying to be, not, not exactly in Hebron but then the outskirts in any case that's hebronfund.org a very important website uh, to keep uh, the Jewish community of Hebron strong and, and a lot of support uh, to make sure that this town does not face uh, the Hamas uh, larger city that it's in, in, ensconced within, and we gotta defend uh, the Jewish community of Hebron, and keep it strong, uh, and also the Temple Mount. My mom's been twice on the Temple Mount in the last like week, and she told me that it's one of the places where she really finds a lot of peace. That's right. She rare. goes to the Temple Mount, so she's really lucky that she does that. Uh, and that's uh, dot com my friend M.J., she takes care of that. Um, and then we have our good friends at um, at Kosher Cycle Tours. And um, some people have have like lost tourism business. Right. Uh, and like in Hebron as well. But we hope to get it back stronger uh, after this war when there's going to be a yearning to. And
1: people are still coming to Israel. Oh, it's yeah. Not, this is not like. You can the... barely
0: get a flight out of El Al. El Al is packed. Right. And people d- are coming. Do you know who else is flying? Who? Emirates like the emirates israel, yeah the, the emirates like airlines. out
1: of israel or to israel B- both i'm saying like who's coming are the emiratis coming here no or they're going just
0: their flights there. people are going there but the point is if you want to get to israel you could you could also fly you know i right, i take
1: a take a couple of days shopping trip to dubai come yeah, on
0: over that's right exactly but el al is of course i'm very proud to uh, to be an airline an el al uh uh customer I'd love to also advertise El Al because- uh I'm, <laughs> <LL. yeah. laughs> It's true. I got to make some phone calls about that as well. Uh, so that's the good uh, the good folks at El Al. You know who else is a company that I'd love to advertise? Uh, Art Scroll. Uh, Art Scroll and Koran, these great book publishers that are putting out great books. I got to call these guys. I just haven't had the time to, to, to schmooze with them. But uh, I'd love to. I, I think that they're both doing great, great work. I love Jewish book publishing. Big fan. Um, okay. Okay uh who else who else did we forget of course retro watch guy that's right uh you know by me great watches from the past alive with us today malka it's really been great back to be at home and it's great to be back with you um you're a tower of power malka oh and that's right that sounds good yeah you're tower of power and and uh you you just you just uh jeremy gimpel our, our friend. Came up with a slogan idea, and you yeah, like instantly. Yeah, I made it on Canva. Yeah, you turned it into a thing. Which I'm is,
1: not even a graphic designer.
0: Yeah, I think you are. Uh, he 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 came up with this idea instead of Shalom Achshav, which means peace now. He wrote he wants Shalom, Lenetzach forever. <laughs> well, he, peace forever. Peace forever. And you what you did? You took the graphic of Shalom Achshav, erased the now, and put and put Lenetzach, and uh, and he also has the word Lenetzach means forever, also means Lenetzach to win. So I like that a lot. Peace through winning. That's right. Peace through strength, as we say. Peace through strength. Uh, So you give me a lot of strength, Manka Fleischer. I want to thank you so much. And I want to thank all the folks that give us so much strength. And I want to thank the folks that support Manka through Buy Me a Coffee. There's been a lot of people who have been buying me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. For example, uh, Greg and Cindy, uh, Bought a lot of coffees and they said some coffee to keep you awake on guard duty. Oh, Blessings to thank Israel. You. Stay strong. So that's uh, that's uh so Greg sweet. and Sina. That's really nice, that's very right? Nice of you, thank Neil. You so much. Neil uh, wrote to me, uh, Shavua Tov Adon Fleischer. Hello, Mr. Uh, uh, good week to you, Mr. Fleischer. Todar baser for your holy work, including your inspiring podcast that you recorded a couple of days ago while on guard duty in a jeep in full battle gear. I also thank you for being a wonderful role model for me as I start my military career.
1: Wow. May
0: you and your family live to 120. I mean. And be blessed with all things. You okay? too. That's from Neil. All right. Thank you, Neil. That's right. Uh, who else uh, here? Let's see. Somebody bought 20 coffees. Of course, a friend Krista. Krista is uh, supporting us always through coffee. Doug. Doug. Uh, Doug uh, bought coffees. He goes, thank you for all you do. Thank you, okay. Doug. That's right. Isaac from Williamsburg. I hear coffee does not do well with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this buy me a coffee will hopefully make up for it. We love you, Yeshai. Oh, that's that's so Isaac from Williamsburg. Nice. Thank okay. you. Okay, yeah, There's more from Krista. Uh, who else? Uh, boy, I, let's see.
1: You guys are the best. Here,
0: Abraham Gals right, Thank you for being a light to the Jewish people and the people of the nations who are seeking to love God and walk in His ways. With love, I pray that this coffee will strengthen you in Malkah and the Jewish community around you to connect, contribute, and experience the awe of Hashem until the righteousness of God flowing through you and back to you grows brighter and brighter than the noonday. Blessed are those who gather for the redemption of Israel through the King Messiah. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay so that's that's a great that's that but by the way you Avram, are clearly a good writer <laughs> so keep writing you are a good writer i like that that is a that is quite the message okay um so and my good friend stephen batkin my he's my man he's my man and he, he uh i think he's uh uh looking to 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 get property here in the land of israel which is something i always recommend to everybody right Buy a piece of land in the land of Israel. Buy buy a piece of land in the land of Israel. That's Buying I, a piece
1: of land is not so easy. Buying a property is easy. That's what I
0: meant. Buy a property in the land of Israel. Buy an apartment in the land of Israel. Uh, and remember all my other recommendations. This Friday night, lechaim, lechaim to the land of Israel on a wine from the land of Israel. Go out to the store. Go out to the supermarket, or go to uh, kosherwines.com. Another people I want them. To, I want a sponsor on the show. And then uh, and then um, you know just get yourself some. Uh, some awesome some awesome Israeli wine. Right. and
1: I want to say, peoples, that the economic situation in Israel right now is a little bit challenged because so many people are out um, in Miloim. And they're talking, by the way, Miloim is, is Reserve Army Service. And they're talking about adding like a month or two of Miloim to men every year. That's right. Right? Which means that like people have to leave their jobs for a month at a time. And so what I'm saying to you is it's not necessarily that you have to pour charity into Israel, but if you know of Israeli businesses or Israeli products that right. you can be buying, if, it, if you won't mind, please take a little bit of extra effort and, and spend your money that way, That's if right. it's possible for you, because this will make a difference for people. I saw some toy store uh, advertising itself that they were like, the husband is in Gaza fighting. And the, they've made all these, like, care packages for families and all these things. They're trying to be, like, good guys. But the father is not there to, like, run the business. And they're worried that the business is going to collapse because because he's not around. Like, it, you know, and the family, the rest of the family is trying to run the business for him and all this stuff. And they're just like, you know, if you have a chance and you're buying a toy, like, could you please buy from our business? Because this will really help us to stay nice. afloat until
0: he gets over. Nice. Uh, I, I, our son... Just heard that, so I guess yes, you're going to have to go to buy, to buy something. We'll and one more from uh, uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai uh, from Tirza or Teresa.
1: Okay, she's got cool, both names. Cool, That's cool, cool. Tirza, Teresa. That's a good one. She
0: writes your podcast and your work for the Jewish people, the mamas and the papas of Chevron, and your dedication to your wife and family shine through. Boy, you highlight of best. my listening is your show. Always well done, with a variety, very nourishing and informative. Yay! That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that coffee,
1: you guys. That's right. We are the best caffeine that I've had in a long time. We are
0: spiritually caffeinated. Yeah. We are spiritually caffeinated. It
1: makes makes a real difference, guys. Thank you.
0: And it's just a great feeling. And all right, folks, that's it. Got to get back to uh, uh, the IDF. And I want to thank all of you out there. And I want to remind you to keep being strong. The enemy wants us to be down right now. The enemy wants us to be depressed right now. The enemy wants us to, 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 to be despondent, disappointed, and uh, but, but they're wrong. We're moving forward. This thing is going to inch our way forward in in terms of spiritual redemption. And this is the time to do personal tshuva, but not from a place of depression, but but from a place of God. We want to be closer to you as a nation, as as lovers of Israel. uh, And we all have to use this opportunity, use those ripples to get closer to God, to get closer to Torah, to get closer to following his ways, to get closer to Israel. Make those, what we call in Chabad, hachlotah
1: right make a decision an
0: internal like determination internal decision that I'm taking a step forward what are you gonna do this Friday night to bring your kids right. towards a consciousness of Eretz Israel are you gonna have that wine are you gonna are you gonna have that picture something bring an innovation into your house if you don't have a flag put up a flag if you if you don't have a picture do it for this Shabbat put put like a picture of the land of Israel take one step I don't know make a Make some falafel. I don't know why. Buy a hummus at the store. Do something that will bring you one one step step closer. Just one step. You know,
1: to say it in a way that's been said a million times before, we are not going to let these people have died in vain. If they had to go, then it's going to be for something, whether it's to get closer to your own neshama, to your own soul, whether it's to get closer to the Jewish people, whether it's to get closer to the land of Israel, whether it's to fix something in your life that needs fixing, you are going to take that person who no longer has a chance to effectuate this world and you're going to say, I'll do it for you. I'm going to make a difference.
0: Uh, I just looked up Just One Step and I've got, there's, there's a famous like story in the, in the Tanakh that has Just One Step. I'll talk about it a different time. But one of the Just One Steps is Alpine Skills Course for Everyone. What? International Mountain Guide, Just One Step. Alpine Skills Course for Everyone. Imagine prepared over the years to give you Alpine Independence. You know what? I like that. we got to climb that mountain. <laughs> you got to climb that mountain, okay? i got to climb those mountains. Mount Sinai is
1: in the distance in the, in the week's parshas.
0: You bet. You bet it is. All right, folks. Keep all those good energies in mind. God bless you. Write me an email. Ishaifleisha.com. Isha, stay connected. Stay part of the story. And thank you to Yocheved Seidman. God bless you. Lefou feel better. My Ben Bresky. Tabitha. Lou. Moshe. Moshe, who makes it happen and gets it out to the world. Gets our email out to the world. A show up. our good man David, who's, who's who's working the, the the Instagram and the uh, the uh, TikTok and the YouTube Shorts. He's he's working it. He is working it. God bless this awesome team, uh, part of this uh, great network, and God bless you wherever you are. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. Thank you, Malka.
1: And Shabbat, Shabbat
0: shalom. shalom. Shabbat Shalom.
1: Shabbat Shalom.